when we pray, we have access to great possibilities because we have access to the God of great possibilities. So there is nothing that God would not keep from us if it's in his will. A new job, better health, favor in your relationship, happiness. He said all we have to do is to ask. Pastor Martin continues with his sermon series with a message entitled, Prayer is Access to Great Possibilities. Turn to Matthew chapter 14, verses 16 through 21, and listen as Pastor Martin explains. One of the things that's important for you to understand today is that every power source has a means by which it is accessed. One of the things that we have had for the last couple winters here in the North Dallas area is a concern in February about having access to the power that's available. Whether the grid is able to sustain under the high demand of needing to turn higher, uh, turning our thermostats up or our furnaces having to run longer than normal because of the temperature. Now, when you talk about where, some, where the power is accessed, this is actually called the access point. So the means by which you access the power is the access point. The power that is available is limited by the ability to actually access it. Therefore, even an unlimited supply of power and capability can only be useful and beneficial when we are in a position to actually access it. In a spiritual sense, Yahweh, God, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ has revealed himself as the almighty God. We see that in Genesis chapter 17 and 1, and we also see that in the end in Revelation, in Revelation 1 and 8, as he reveals himself as the Almighty, which can also be interpreted as being all-powerful, having unlimited power. Now, he's given us access to this all-power or this unlimited power source through prayer in the name of his son, Jesus. So then if we understand that prayer is the access point to unlimited power, then we can conclude that prayer itself is undeniably powerful. So for the next several weeks, we're going to explore this God-given tool that's given to us to benefit us and that how having a vibrant, active prayer life will result in every born-again believer walking with a sense of hope and confidence in what this God can do. Why? Because he is all-powerful, and he's given us an access point to get to that power. See, now, here's the thing. When we look at our text today, we see that Jesus is there, and he, he's with the disciples, and, and they start to notice that it's evening, and the shops are starting to close, or they've already closed, and there's all these people that are there after him, listening to him preach and teach, and the disciples get a great idea, because you know how it is. When, you get a, when, when people are, are somewhere for too long, somebody going to throw out there, hey, we hungry. 
And the disciples say to him, he said, but Lord, why don't you send these people away? Because we can't feed them. We just have a little bit of money and we don't have enough resources because the shops are closing. What are we going to do? And that's what we pick up. So Jesus said, they don't have to go anywhere. And here's what he says. You all give them something to eat. But they say, wait a minute, Jesus, hold on now. I mean, all we have is this little money bag. And we just have this little boy's lunch. He says, don't worry. Bring it to me. And I just want to pause right there to say, that, that for, because what we have to understand is sometimes we hold on to stuff too long that we were supposed to put in Jesus' hands. See, we've been walking around with how pitly it is, and we've been crying and, and weeping and sad because we say, Lord, I don't know when it's going to change. He said, because you haven't given it to me because it's not for you to do. He puts them in position and he says, listen, I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm just trying to prove to you that you need me. There are times that God only allows us to be limited because he wants us to understand his limitlessness. He knows that they don't have enough. He knows what's in the money bag. But he says to them, feed them. And they say, well, but, but you know we can't. And he said, okay, now I can work. Because when we realize we are limited with all of our education, with all of our understanding, with all our bank accounts and all our, all our resources, when we realize, listen, even with all that I have, I still don't have enough. Then he says, now bring it to me. So he, they bring it to him. And don't miss this. Because the Bible says, it records here in John, uh, Matthew says, that they gave it to Jesus, and what did Jesus do? He looked to heaven, and he prayed. He prayed. Now, here's something to, to, to be mindful of. In Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18, Jesus declares, he says, all power in heaven and earth has been given to me by my Father. He had also proclaimed elsewhere that this power he was going to give to his, his children, his followers, his disciples. So he says, my father gave me power, and now I'm giving you power. But you say, but pastor, I, I mean, I'm still in my same job. I still have the same resources that I had before. Because what he was saying is, I'm giving you access to the power that the Father gave me. And he's all-powerful, and he gave me all that power, and I'm empowering you. So here's the thing. He had instructed them that even though he was giving them this power, they would only be able to access it through prayer. Because notice what he says. He says in, in, in Matthew 7, he says, he says, he says, pray, ask, seek, pray. 
He says, do you know that your heavenly father already know, in, 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 as he's preaching, he's telling him, you are, he already knows everything you need. In the Sermon on the Mount, he tells us, your father knows everything you need. But look what he says. Even before you ask, he knows. But then what does he say? But ask, seek, knock, and then the door will be open. Because as we see here, he, as with the, the disciples, he wanted them to know as he wants us to know that we should look to him for the things that are beyond us. And we do that through prayer. In light of what all, all that we've said, we can conclude that prayer, once again, is undeniably powerful because it is the access point to all of God's power. So the possibilities that come with being all-powerful, this idea of God being all-powerful and having great possibility in him is what invoked the Apostle Paul to say it this way. Now to him who is able to do. Let's just stop right there. See, see, listen, because there are people that have made promises in your life that they could not supply. They couldn't deliver. And sometimes you already knew that they couldn't deliver because you know their situation. Had a loved one call, a, a, a family member call me. He says, uh, I know you guys love cruising. I want to bless y'all to do that. I said, hey, man, God has spoken. Let the Martin say amen. Because people of God, I love, to, I love to cruise. If I could cruise five times a year, I would do it. I love it. So, so, so I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, but it, it, I didn't get too excited, says Karen. I, I, I knew. I, I mean, you know, I, I knew the heart of the, of the, of the gesture, but... So, so he says, well, 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 how much does it normally cost? I said, well, so for us, you know, we're back, we're, this is back when we're back in Indianapolis. I said, so we have to fly down to Florida. That's usually about $300 a ticket. And then, you know, for us to cruise with all five of us, it's usually going to be right around at, at, at a minimum $3,000. So the $3,000 for the cruise, another $1,500 or so for the flight. So we're looking at about $50,000. 5,500, you know, because we also need to get there and transportation and all that. He said, uh. Well, I'm, I'm going to give you 500 towards that. I said, <laughs> because here when Paul says, now unto him who's able to do. He's saying, I know that there are people that have made promises of what they would desire to do, but the one that I'm telling you about, he can do. He's a doer. And then he says, exceeding, abundantly, above all we ask or Think, but here it is, according to the power that's at work in you. He said, listen, it, it's not that God is limited. 
is that, that we are limited in our ability to believe him by faith through prayer to get it done. So this week we're going to emphasize the great possibilities that lie in prayer. Because prayer is powerful because it gives us access to great power. That brings me to the first point. Point number one is he is the God of great possibility. So if prayer gives us access to great possibility, it's in, it's in turn given us access to the God of great possibilities. Look at verse 16 and 17. He says, but Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away because it meant, remember the disciples were saying, send them away so they can, they can get something to eat. He says, then you give them something to eat. And they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. And he said, okay, bring it to me. Now, we already understand by, from verse four, 14 and 15, if you slide up there, you see that it's a great multitude. Matthew hasn't revealed how many people at this point, but he just says there's a whole lot of them. So he said in verse 14, and when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion. See, we're going to be praying in the month of March. We're going to come together as a, in a church-wide prayer effort. And I want to point this out because here's what it says. It says that Jesus saw the big number and he was moved. There's something to be understood that when a church prays together, it gets God's attention. Because it says, Jesus saw their number and said, they all coming to me. And he was moved with compassion. And he healed the sick, their sick. And when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, this, this desert place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitude away. They may go into the villages and buy themselves some food. Verse 17 says, and they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. Now, I want to point this out, um, that this is kind of comedic. There was a young minister, uh, and he, was, he hadn't been preaching long, but he was trying to make an impression. And I, I'm setting this up because I've got, I got my little prop here. So I wondered when he came in, he had a, a, <laughs> a loaf of Wonder Bread. And so he had the Wonder Bread. Do they have Wonder Bread in Texas? Yeah. Okay, they do. So we have Wonder Bread, and so he, he's got that up on the podium as he's getting set up. Minister Anthony, he's, he's, he's getting, he's got his Bible, he's ready. And so somehow he was going to try to make that Wonder Bread loaf fit into this text. And so it, it just, just understand, it didn't go well. So I want you to see something, because they use a term, the other, the other uh, apostles recorded their gospel that the young man was a lad. So that's, that's, a, that's a term referring to a young man, possibly someone that's 13 and under. Because the terminology would change once he's gone through his bar mitzvah. So he's, he's still considered a lad at this point. So it's a younger guy, uh, I'm going to say 12 and under. 
Now, here's the thing. He's coming to hear Jesus speak, so he's not coming to be with them permanently. So what he has is just a little boy's lunch. Now, what you need to understand is that the term that's used here when it says loaves, it's translated into loaves, actually means a, it's a term that refers to food in general. It, it does refer to loaves, but it's actually a general term that can speak of what's most commonly understood to be a cake about the width of the thumb. So I'm going to show you this. So when Jesus tells them to bring what they have to him, they just have a little boy's lunch. So they have something very similar to this. So they said, we only have five of these things because it's just what was given to this little boy to feed himself by his parents. So as they're looking at what's available to them and they're looking out and recognizing that there's a crowd larger than the crowd. Look around you, the larger than the crowd that's here. Now, let's say I was generous and I said, you know, I want to share my lunch with you. <laughs> now, granted, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a larger man and so I, I, I likely my lunch would be bigger than a little boy's lunch, but but I want to share this with you. So, so just when, when I start pulling it out and you see that all I've got is five little cakes, you might say, well, I don't know how this is going to go. <laughs> the other thing is that they said it had two fish. Now, what's common in the area is what's called, uh, uh, there's tilapia for fishermen, tilapia or sardines. Now, understandably, so sardines get bigger than the ones you see in the can, just, just FYI. <laughs> they get bigger than that. Those are small ones. They're meaty fish, so they, it works out. You got your little can. So, so lest my, <laughs> my good be evil spoken of by stinking up the whole room, I didn't bring in some fresh fish. I brought in two four-ounce cans of sardines. So when the disciples look at what they have available, because an average size of an adult sardine would be about two to four ounces, and they can get a little bit bigger than that. So I have the equivalent of two adult sardines. If I were to open this can up and begin to pinch you off a little bit, and I start right here. I was su suspected by the time I made it to aisle eight or nine, I'm going to be running out. So now you understand why the disciples were so puzzled because as Jesus, listen, this is all we have, but notice what happens. Jesus says, bring it to me because I'm getting ready to access great possibility. See, the reality is it doesn't matter what you start with. 
it doesn't matter what you have in your hand or in your possession. God says, I'm just waiting for you to put it in my hands and then talk to me about it and allow me, allow me to do what only I can do. Because only God can take a little boy's lunch and make it enough to feed 5,000. But here's what Paul said about him. He says he does exceedingly. He said he does abundantly. He said, he said he goes beyond what you need. That's what he's basically saying. So they just needed food for 5,000, not counting the women and the children. But if I read the text correctly, it says after they had all eaten and were all full, the Bible says the disciples picked up 12 baskets of what they didn't want to eat. Because when we pray, we have access to great possibilities because we have access to the God of great possibilities. See, I don't, I don't have to know a whole lot, Brother Thomas. I don't, I don't have to have a whole lot. I just bring what I have. And God takes the pressure off because he says, if you have the faith, if you just have some faith. See, the reality is our problem is not faith. Let me just clear that up. Your problem is not faith. Our problem is doubt. Because God says all you need is faith the size. Have you seen the mustard seed? You could lose it on the tip of your finger. He said, but if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can do great things. You can move mountains. But I say the problem is not faith, it's doubt, because remember what God addressed, what Jesus addressed with Peter first when he, when he, when he was walking on the water and he started to sink? He didn't address his faith first. He addressed his doubt. Peter cried out. Jesus grabbed him by the hand. He's walking on water, and he says, Peter, he didn't say, why didn't you believe? He said, Peter, why did you? Now you're getting it. So when we are praying and we're believing that God is all-powerful, we have to remind ourselves of what he's done. Let's look at his track record. So if we run over to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, here's what it says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and it was void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was moving or hovering over the face of the earth, of the waters. Here it is. Then God said. He didn't do. He said. Then God said, comma, because it says, stop at what he says. See, that's why having a healthy word life will help you. Because in order to, you, to believe God, you got to be reminded over and over of what he said. 
Because what he says makes a difference. So it says, then God said, let there be light, comma. And here's what it goes on to say. And there was light. Let there be light. And there was light. If you slide further down, because I don't want you to miss this. In verse 14, that's when he actually makes the sun and the moon. So when God said, let there be light, it just lit up. Look at verse 14. Then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the, of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons for the days and the years, and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light to the earth, and, it's, and it was so. Verse 16 says it this way. Then God made two great lights. Because anytime he says something, nature and what's natural has to yield to his, his, to his voice. So all we have to do is understand what he's already done and then what does he say about what he's done and then we pray about it. So here it is. He is a great God and he does great things. I want you to say that with me. A great God who does great things. All right, over here, a great God who does great things. Over there, a great God who does great things. Because, because he's great, whatever he does is going to be great. Because he's the God of great possibilities, not just possibilities. Next point, point number two. Prayer provides access to this great possibility. So we already stated that in the title, but I want to make a point in this because there's something you need to see. Verse 19, Matthew 14, 19. Then he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and he took the little boy's lunch. And he looked towards heaven. And he blessed his father. Here's what we have. And here's what we need. I like to look at it like this. Father, here's what we have. And he looks at the multitude and says, but here's what we need. Wait a minute, you didn't get it. Father, here's all we have. This is all I've got right here. But you see the need is beyond what I have. You see the need exceeds my ability. What I need you to do, only you can do. Because no matter how good, we had some servers yesterday. And I'm not sure how much food they brought for the reception, but they made sure to ration it out in such a way that everybody had plenty to eat. But I don't know if even as gifted and as skilled as they were, <laughs> if they could have satisfied us yesterday with what's on this table. 
So Jesus says, here's what we have. Father, but you see what we need. Because when he prayed, the access point to all that God could do, it happened. Because prayer is that access to God himself. Think about this. When you look back at history, in order to get an audience with the king, you had to request and then you had to be assigned a time. And sometimes you may not get your request met for as long as two years. Depending on if the king had enough time for these types of matters. For your type of matter. But prayer allows each one without schedule, to get audience with the God of all power. Because here's what he says. He says, when you pray, in Luke chapter 11 and 2, he says, when you pray, here's how you pray. Our Father in heaven. Because one of the things that I understand about parenting is that you know your child's voice. Riding along yesterday, I had, George wanted my nephews to be with us, and we had a car full, and it's just chaos. <laughs> Stop touching me. Move your leg. Don't, you took my seat. I said, how can you take the seat? Everybody's supposed to be sitting down. We, we can't, there can't be any taking seats if everybody's sitting down, we're driving. But in all the voices that were in the car, George said, Daddy, I know his voice. It wasn't the loudest voice. It was distinctive because it was his. So Jesus says, when you pray, you make sure you acknowledge who you're talking to. I'm calling him a father. And even though there may be chaos in the world and there's seven billion, eight, nearly eight billion people else in the world and they got stuff that they're talking about and they're needing and there's wars and rumors of war and pestilence and all this going on. But when I call on his name, the song said, when I call your name, when I call your name, every time he hears my voice, with all this going on, because he's given me access to his power when I call his name. So here's the thing. I'm almost done. So this, is, this, 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 this 30th century is prayer. And there's always scripture that goes, a scripture that's attached to the principle in the 30th century. And so what's attached to prayer is Psalm 66, verse 16 through 20. And so the the tag that goes with the 30th essential for prayer is, I pray to God to know, to know him, to lay my request before him, and to find direction for my daily life. So there's three things that's in the 30th essential prayer. That I pray to know him. I pray uh, that I may lay my request before him. 
and I pray that I may get direction in my life. So I'm going to look at those three. Because if we're talking about the great possibilities of prayer, these three great possibilities lie within that, that group of possibilities. That I can pray, and in prayer it helps me to know him. And it helps me to get direction, but it also gives me this opportunity to lay my cares upon, cast my cares upon him. I'm going to read from Psalm 66, verse 16. I want you to just listen in. You don't have to turn there. He says, come and hear all you who fear God, and I will declare what he has done for my soul. I cried to him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not hear me. But certainly God has heard me. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. He blessed, blessed be God who has not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. So there's three things I want to point out in that, and then I'm going to close. One is the, the, the 30th century says, we pray to know God. That's in verse 16. The next one is that we pray to lay our requests at his feet. That we find that in verses 19 and 20. And then we need to bring Brother James in to, to, to conclude this third one because it says to find direction for my daily life. So let me show you this. He said, so first one, I pray to know God. Verse 16 and 18 says this, come and hear. I will, so those that fear the Lord, and I will tell you what he has done. See, when I pray and God answers and he delivers, then I have something to test ammonia about. Verse 18 says, if I regard iniquity. So now I know something about him because if I regard iniquity, my heart he won't hear me because here's what Jesus said. He says, when you pray, forgive. He said, because if you don't forgive others, Notice this. He says, when you're coming to talk to God, he's going to look at you for a little bit. He hear your request. He's a father, but he want, he want to deal with the problem. The problem is that you got the stuff in you. You mad at folks. You, you angry. You, you, you on the verge of hating. The danger with keeping stuff in your heart is that the longer it, it, longer it sits there, it's like rotting meat. The longer it sits there, it stinks more and more. And sometimes it evolves into hate. And here's what the, the word says. If you hurt, hate somebody in your heart, this is like you've already murdered them. So the psalmist said, but if, so if I hold this stuff in me, the Lord won't hear me. So, so I know something about him now through prayer. Number two, I can lay my request. We see that in verse 19 to 20. He says, but certainly God has heard me. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God who has not turned away my prayer, nor has mercy from me. And then finally, verse 3, I mean the third one, we pray to find direction for our life. Here's what James says, James chapter 1 and 5. He says, if anyone lacks wisdom, you may have trouble in your relationship with your spouse. You may have trouble with your relationship with your children. You may have trouble with your, in your relationship with your parents. You may have trouble in your relationship with your boss. You may have trouble in your relationship with the people that, that your neighbor, you've been, got, you've been feuding with your neighbor. You may have trouble just with the woman at the cashier. 
the cashier at the register. But he says, if anyone lacks wisdom, he said, God, how do I deal with this? If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally. He said, he'll give you more wisdom than you even ask for. And he, without reproach, he doesn't, he doesn't make you feel ashamed for, keep, for coming and ask. And it will be given to him. God wants us to be wise. He wants us to, to seek him. And so he said. So here's the thing. When we think about all that we've said today, that prayer is the access point to great possibilities because God is limitless in his power means that he has no limit on his possibility. We pray because we recognize that we can access something beyond ourselves. That wraps up another awesome word. If you're in need of prayer, counsel, or if we can assist in any way, please don't hesitate to ask. If you would like to join, contact us or receive these and other sermon notes, visit us at amitybc.org. Until next week, be blessed.